Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people and the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land this episode has been recorded on. We pay our respects to elders past and present. We acknowledge and are inspired by the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's rich history of storytelling. I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to this episode. This was and always will be Aboriginal land. You mother fana. Fun lab. Welcome to the You Mother Funner podcast. I am your new host, Jane Street. I started with Funlab back in 2020. I am super honored and grateful to be part of sharing the stories of our mother funners with you. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to follow us wherever you're listening to keep up to date with new episodes. We're all about sharing here, so if you've loved it and know someone else who might love it too, please be sure to send them the link to listen. Good morning, Josh. How are you doing today? I'm really good. It's good to be here. Yay. Thanks for uh, taking the time to come on the You Mother Funner podcast. Do you want to talk about uh, where you kind of started in FunLab, how long ago, and what kind of things you're working on today? Yeah, awesome. So I joined FunLab coming up four years ago now. My entry to FunLab is, is quite an, an interesting story. It's one that a few people in the business know or have heard of, and then they go, oh, that was you. And uh, so I used to be working in escape rooms and worked in the escape room business in Melbourne. Decided that it was time to move away from small business and uh, work with some bigger players. And so I found about, about FunLab. Yeah, awesome. So, I, so what is that, about 2018? Yeah, that would be 2018. Yeah, so we're pre-COVID times. Yes, it's definitely pre-COVID. So I walked in one day to the office and brought a, a puzzle box that I had built, asked to speak to somebody in the HR team, the, the people team. And yeah, sure. I was introduced to Alani, and I gave her the puzzle box and said, see if you can solve this, and kind of had a quick conversation and then left. And then uh, a few hours later, I had a phone call from the people team saying, well, we've got into your box and we've found your resume and some lollies, and we want to talk further with you. So I came in the next day and had conversations with uh, the, the people team and there was no position available. It was just a <laughs> walked in and tried my luck. Then it turned out that this was just before Red Herring, so the standalone escape room business brand, uh, was coming into fruition at Crown Casino. So okay. they said this could be perfect fit. So I then came along to the Archie Brothers district launch. So that would actually date, date it a little bit better exactly when that was yeah and far out so that was definitely 2018 so i had a had a couple of conversations with people then and as i was walking around i was introduced to michael schreiber uh, the ceo and he said oh you're the guy that brought in the puzzle box and you're starting with us next week and i was like okay <laughs> yes i am <laughs> love that awesome so you, yeah, you so weren't was... fully aware that you're about to be starting no so that was that was how it started um, awesome. So yeah, so a few people have sort of made jokes, being like, "Oh, you're the guy that brought the bomb into the office." But it wasn't a bomb; it was a puzzle box with my resume <laughs> inside. But yeah, just that's uh, such an amazing way to create like a memorable sort of interview and everything like that. So, yeah, and, and so, did you have an interview afterwards or no? I, there was kind of an interview midway through between the uh, going to the uh, district launch and also 
the initial walkthrough. Um, yeah, right. So, Did they make I, you wear a costume? Often that's done in interviews I, and things. I didn't know. It was all done as in sort of informal, just yeah. like chat, because there was no official position and so there was never a, a formal interview. It was right. just lots of little conversations with different people from there. Lots of training shifts in venues with escape rooms so in Melbourne Central and a lot of time in High Point as well. And then Brown, there were some delays in the development of that venue. What was initially expected to be sort of a month before I'd be taking on that role, it was almost almost four or five by the end. So that was the first, sorry, excuse my not knowing, with escape rooms. Did we test them in a little bit in other venues and then do the standalone? So escape rooms within FunLab have been going around for quite a long time. I think we're probably coming up to about 10 years with escape rooms in FunLab. Mm -hmm. And we were one of the first venues in Australia to actually introduce escape rooms to the masses. I came in about halfway through that journey, was looking after the escape rooms in the venues and just sort of trying to tweak the guest experience and just sort of update what we were doing and just make them a bit more of a focal point in the venue. So rather than being we're strike bowling and we have escape rooms, it was more like we're strike bowling and there are also escape rooms here. It wasn't just a they're over in that corner, go and play them. It was more trying to bring them more of a focal point. And then doing the standalone red herring venue was then trying to make that more of a, a full experience. So we increased the session length and we added pre-game and post-game activities. Um, there was drinks included as part of it all, making it a full experience standalone on its own as yeah awesome part of a venue. that i think is such a exciting opportunity to be part of creating that journey surely it definitely was yeah and it, it kind of was the start of the innovation within funlab for me so it was taking what's something that we already had trying to turn it on its head a little bit and it just got me starting to realize how funlab works and how the opportunities are there what the key things are for the guests that come through really really making that experience longer and so red herring was my first point of full business doing that and that was where i was for, it was probably about a year that i was there looking after that venue and while i was doing that i was doing a little bit of stuff with looking after the other escape rooms across all of the venues as well yeah wow what about sort of today or maybe this week what kind of things are you working on what's your job in fun life nowadays Yes, uh, I'm now the uh, innovations manager for FunLab. I'm responsible for finding cool new things that we can include into our venues, as well as new brands as well. Smaller things could be anything from let's create some new crazy bowling shoes that we might be able to use, uh, all the way through to massive stuff like a new brand, something like Hotel Hijinks. Yeah, awesome. And I guess you bring up Hotel Hijinks or Hijinks Hotel, that's commonly known on the Instagram handle. Um, yes. And that's really the part of uh, the conversation I really want to dive into today. Do you want to start by saying what it is? Yeah, so Hijinks Hotel is a series of challenge rooms. Uh, they're, they're not escape rooms, but they, they birthed from the idea of escape rooms. There's a series of challenge rooms, and so most of our venues have got 10. Our venue in Alexandria has 15. Uh, but the 10 challenge rooms, you would play five out of 10 as part of a course, with each game being around about three to four minutes. And the aim of the game is to get a high score. So they're kind of mini games, as opposed to an escape room where you're trying to solve one massive problem over a sort of 50-minute period. These, you're trying to solve lots of little things over a half an hour period. You don't need to know anything. You don't need to be smart to do um, Hydric Hotel. Thank goodness. It's all about <laughs> having fun and getting a high score and playing with your friends. 
Yeah, awesome. Um, from my understanding, it came about through our kind of innovation ideas competition for fun's sake. Is that, am I right in saying that? Yeah, it did. This was pre-COVID, the for fun's sake, which is the ideation competition which Bond Lab runs every year, which is open for everyone within the business. They can come up with anything at all. I mean, a few of the ideas that were pitched pre-COVID were things to do with sustainability. So it could be something that has a big impact, but is seen as sort of a small thing like biodegradable straws all the way through to something like a, a new brand. So yeah, people sure. can pitch pitch whatever they like. It's a good opportunity just for everyone to be heard. So I pitched the early version of what eventually became Isaac's Hotel. That's kind of, I guess, yeah, I, you probably know already. I want to talk about what's the seed, what's like the thing that sparks off that little idea to then enter for fun's sake. So for me, I was heavily in that escape room space. I recognized that there was some challenges in escape rooms uh, for a bigger company like Fun. So escape rooms that can run as a sort of standalone small business can run pretty well with um, lower throughput and sort of six to 10 people coming through every hour. But when you get to a larger business with Fun Lab um, and all the other activities that we can do, I realized that there was a, probably a different way that we could start looking at escape rooms. That was where it started, was thinking about can we do an escape room in a different way? And some of the challenges that I was trying to address were reset times. Having a staff member go into a room and reset is obviously quite time consuming, uh, as well as replayability. They were the main two things that we wanted. And then one of the sort of sub things that came out of it was also that people can't take photos in escape rooms and people want those memories. Working with those sort of things, Korean came up with sort of the design principles, which were that we wanted to have wow moments in every room, a point where people could take a photo. We wanted everything to be different so that you're constantly moving into different spaces and experiencing different things. We wanted it to be no humans involved in reset and we needed it to be a high score. So with an escape room, you could be somebody that plays thousands of escape rooms and you could go and do a game that's aimed to be 60 minutes and you could potentially complete that in 10. Whereas by changing it to a high score chasing game, I know you're going to be in that game for four minutes because you want to be in there for four minutes to get the highest score you can. Yeah, so it definitely came from escape rooms, but it morphed into its own thing. So I guess yeah. the, next, the next thing that came from it, which is what makes uh, Hijinx Hotel the hotel element, was the framing around this. We wanted to frame this in something. And I realized that there was lots of doors involved because you're going into lots of separate rooms. Um, one of the initial ideas was that you would kind of move through a circle of doors. So as you came out of one room, there'd be two doors and you'd immediately go into the next game. You wouldn't come back into a central corridor point. Sure. You'd just constantly move around. And then there's some challenges there for, for example, if a room needed to have some maintenance done on it or something, then that, that circle pattern breaks and didn't work. So we yeah. then went back to the coming back to a central point. So then there was a lot of brainstorming around why would you go to back to a central point? What's the reasoning? And we came up with a few different ideas. So an early iteration that was spoken about dropped relatively quickly in favor of the hotel would be something like a space station where the venue would look like a space station and then each of the portals into the game would be yeah. kind of tra traveling down to a different world and then a hotel obviously having lots of rooms moving onto a central corridor really draws to a hotel and then when we started looking at the different imagery of hotels it was just the right fit for, for interesting so when you say we were looking is this once you'd had your idea presented or is this as you're sort of forming the idea to present uh, so this was once the idea was presented so originally the idea i presented was the game so it wasn't the whole concept of the hotel. It was just how the oh, games cool. would work, moving in and out, and how that would all tie together. Um, I didn't have the wider brand element to it. I was originally pitching it as something that would go into one of our brands, just because I wasn't aware that I could pitch to a whole brand at that point. 
yeah, there's such a huge thing to go, this is a brand opposed to an activity. Really amazing in terms of who did you pitch to that could see the opportunity in that? My initial pitch was to Blaze, who is the chief growth officer and at that time was also heading up innovation. Sure. So I pitched I pitched to her and then she then got me to pitch to the whole executive team. So I did a second pitch off the back of my original one with some extra info and did some tweaking and things um, based on feedback uh, from the different panels that I pitched to during for fun's sake. Then pitch to the executive team. I started adding a few numbers and things so that that would appeal to the, the CFO. That was where it really started to become a bit more than just an activity. And there was, I could see that there was a scope to take it further. Wow. And the, I guess, idea of talking about the corridor and how you come back to that, when it, kind of the hotel came through, did you just know that that's going to be the way it goes? Or was there sort of still some arming and ahhing? Once we got it past that sort of just me ideating it, and it became a bit more of a team ideation, which was the sort of innovations team within FunLab. Once we got to that point and we kind of hit hotel and we started looking some really good imagery for hotels, so things like the Overlook Hotel from The Shining, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, absolutely. And things, things like that. Once we started getting those ideas and mood boards together, everyone knew this is right. And then when we just then started adding those layers in, okay, well, then the staff are going to be in costume and uh, you're going to go through an elevator to get to your floor where the games are played and starting adding all those little details in. Everyone was just like, this is exactly what we want. This is perfect. And this is going to be the brand. Yeah, pretty exciting. So when you were having these kind of discussions and talking about the brand, where was this in the timeline of COVID? And how much did that impact your uh, journey, I guess? It, it was a huge impact. So COVID obviously hit and FunLab pretty much shut down um, across the board. Uh, during that time, I started to create our virtual products, uh, which we ran during the lockdown. So I created a whole suite of virtual products and was also running virtual events or groups which was good. I, I do still like to keep a hand in ops a little bit every now and again so that I can actually see people enjoying it yeah, and spend, spending time with the product. So it was during that period. So we were looking at running the virtual stuff and then in the background, there'd be just occasional meetings like, okay, if we come back out of this, what are we going to do when we come back out with the bang? Hijinks was the bang that we came out of. So yeah, awesome. Once, once we knew that things were back on track, it was lots of meetings very quickly. When we get the right spot, this is going in, was where yeah. it was sort of sitting. And then when we knew that Alexandria Sky Zone was going to be shutting down, but we still had that space and that opportunity, it was, this is the place to, to trial it and get it in. So who gets involved to actually create the venue? So I mean, it's a huge group effort to create the yeah. venue. Um, not just, so not just you, no way. It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely not just me. So... <laughs> I mean, one of the first things we needed to do was to um, work with some people on the technology of the games. Sure. So that's not something that we had in-house. So we worked with an external company to develop the technology of how the lights turn on in the game, how the game knows when you've done things, how the game resets. So that was wow. one major part, uh, which I, I headed that up with a team. And then there was all of the look, feel of the rooms. We work with people internal as well as external design agencies that do a lot of our work. 
for all of our brands. Then we also had to then start looking at other elements that make the brand. So things like the food and bev team coming up with the amazing different cocktails that we wanted to have. Yeah. We were working with procurement on how to get the uh, the new uniforms, the new designs, and yeah, sure. all of the things into the venue. Huge work with the development team because it's a completely new concept. And then the operations team as to how, how are they actually going to move potentially yeah, right. Alexandria, potentially 150 people through every half an hour. And how is that going to actually work? So Absolutely. it was it's a, it's a huge group effort. It wouldn't happen without any one of the people in that chain. If any of them hadn't been there to do their part and pick up what they needed, it, it just wouldn't have happened. Every step of the way, we need everybody involved. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, um, like, just as you're saying that, I, I mean, I kind of know because I know, but thinking about, you know, having a drink and creating the bar space, hotel, perfect. Like, you just yeah. have everything there. Yeah, and that was, <laughs> I mean, when we, so when we got that perfect idea of the hotel, everything just fell into place. It's just an amazing, amazing idea. What lessons did you learn, I guess, from the first one opening in Alexandria to just now opening in the third? Is that right? Yeah, so Chad, Chadson's our third. The iteration, though, definitely has changed, especially from Alexandria. We had the 15 rooms, and now we're kind of sticking with the 10. We think that's the better model. Sure. It's, for one, you don't need quite as much space because they are quite large spaces. We've changed out some of the materials that we're using to make them a bit more robust. Uh, we've also changed out some of the technology to give us a bit more ability to do things. So our whole the game engine and the game operation system that runs the game in the background yeah, uh, sure. has had a complete overhaul. So we're now able to do lots more with it. It's things that guests right. won't ever won't ever see. Yeah, so I mean, an example of that would be in Alexandria when the venue technician wants to go in and check the game in the morning, he has to play every game. So, yeah, right. Uh, like a three, four minute experience playing the games, test everything's working. Whereas now in the new iteration of Cadston, uh, the venue technician can put the game into a technician's mode and they can go in and just push all the buttons in the room and everyone will get a signal and a, an audio cue to tell them that it's working properly. Amazing. Uh, so they can now. So they can test the room now in about 45 seconds, something like that. Yeah, you'd never know from a guest perspective, right? No, so it's something that guests would never know, but it's something that makes everyone's life a lot easier. We've also done a lot of work on the um, operation system, so what the staff can see and what the staff can do moving groups through, uh, which all came back from feedback from Alexandria. There was challenges that we hadn't envisioned. One of the major challenges was ball pools. Every time I say it, I, think, I don't know if it's my accent, people don't hear it right, but ball pools, like the kiddie pool, pulled with yeah, yeah, balls, sure. like a ball pit. We had them at a certain depth that we thought was going to be really fun and perfect for groups and yeah. people wanted it to be nice, deep and have a lot of fun in there. And it turned out that, that was a little bit unsafe. Uh, so we did um, had to reduce the levels of those. And then that did then change our design process for those games moving forward. And that's something that we're still, I think we've, we've just got the final one now for them side and we're, we're perfect with it now. Uh, but that's awesome. just been these reiterations of how that originally came. Part of that was changing the gameplay as well. So originally that game was played in one way. And then because of Reducing the level of the balls, changing some of the way the balls moved. Moving balls around is, is not as easy as you might think. They, like, they like <laughs> it's funny, the challenges that you come across. You just, yeah. You go, oh, yeah, no worries. Sure, we've been in a ball pit before. Yeah, then, when, you, yeah. when you're trying to move balls, they, they like to jam. Balls oh, of course cir they do. Cir circles <laughs> like to, to jam and spheres like to jam up. Reiterating the way that the game works. And it actually has completely changed the game. Uh, so it's now 
a completely different game than when it first started, which is good uh, that we can iterate and can change. And that's had a, a huge amount of people have been involved in making those changes as well, because it was uh, it caused design changes, like the theme of the room changed a little bit. We had to change with our prop builders how we manufactured them. So those would be the probably the big sticking points. And so without yeah, going first, the easy things that the, the, the guys take for granted in Kevin wouldn't have happened. So yeah, that's big, so, big, so interesting. And that was a lot of partnership with the staff on the ground in Alexandria, the venue management team, the operations team, without them going through iterating things on the ground and reporting back those things yeah right happened really helpful to have that did you um also spend time working there in alexandria just to get the feel for it i spent a little bit being away from home wasn't able to spend quite as much time there as i'd like but fortunately the operations team there so they were able to report that feedback back through um i have spent some time at chadston though over the last few weeks which has been really great yeah how have you found that like you said you like to see people actually enjoying the experience but how have you found that, I guess, in this iteration of hijinks and has it changed some thinking for you and or justified? Uh, definitely. I mean, there were some things that we were thinking about already, potentially adding into the system and being on the ground has definitely helped uh, solidify those ideas. Can't say too much more on those, but there, no, there, will, be, right. <laughs> there will be some, some changes coming. I think the biggest thing for me was seeing the different age ranges coming yeah, sure. through. We, we always designed it knowing that it was going to be an all ages product. But really seeing how much all ages it is, the thing grandparents sort of in their 50s, 60s coming in with their 10-year-olds uh, and both enjoying them in exactly the same way, enjoying the games. Yeah, there's really... a real beauty in that. Uh, and also, I love just chatting to people afterwards and being like, what was your favorite game? In a group of six people, you can sometimes have every single one of them has a different favorite game. We try to make the games appeal to sort of different people. So some of them are more physical, some of them are a bit more mental, some of them are memory, real communication games. Obviously, they appeal to different mindsets. That's been great to see how you can have such a big, diverse group of people enjoying it in different ways. When you presented it, did you have a lot of games already kind of thought out, I guess, when you were initially presenting your idea? Yeah, so I had probably five that were ready to go, which have actually all been created and are now all part of the amazing ID. and then i've already had about another 10 that just needed those little tweaks and things like i knew how the gameplay would work but it was just what sort of theme it would fit into beyond that i've probably got about another 30 in notebooks <laughs> whirring ready. around yeah, yeah. That, that some of them are at different stages of development some, some of them the, the idea works but the technology doesn't work some sure. of them i love the idea for them and i think they'd be amazing to do but then there's risk and uh, health and safety issues oh like yeah that. that's right real life that's it uh, i mean one game that I, people have brought up with me before and said well you guys should be doing is something like a floor is lava style game yeah uh, but the problem with that is that if you do floor is lava in a score chasing game people are going to be running around and trying not to touch things yeah and it's just a, a recipe for rolling yeah yes you probably need like virtual reality lava floor yeah yeah and then <laughs> And then you wear a headset and you'll be knocking that and then the technology breaks. Yeah, so those are the things we need to be considering as well. Yeah. uh, Did you ever watch, there was a show on Netflix that was The Floor is Lava? Did you see that? I did, yeah. Do you reckon, uh, I reckon they did it in a swimming pool. Do you think that's? Yeah, I think it was. Got to be, right? Yeah, it was a swimming pool, but I don't know how they, how they get away. I think they would sign their life away before they go. Yeah, and then they win $5. 
<laughs> yeah, and there are also those a lot of those shows, even things like the Holy Moly TV show and stuff like that. Yeah, they're built they're built for ten people, maybe twenty people to play them, and then they're yeah. taken down and moved away. We're potentially putting sixty people through a game every half an hour. Yeah, so that's another thing we need to be considering when designing and building these games: is are they going to stand up to the test of people? Um, Absolutely. Are they, safe? are they safe? Are they fun? And then do they still meet those initial design ideas we had of is there a great photo moment in there? Yeah. Are, are, do they reset themselves? Do they need human? Are they really simple? Can the game be explained within 15 seconds? Yeah, cool. Super, super important, actually, that attention span and explaining a game. When you come to this kind of thing, what's your process like in terms of your like creative? Are you just like write down an idea, then you bounce it off people, or you like can be quite holistic in your idea formation? Uh, so I guess I, I try and get influenced from as many different sources as I can, and it could be as simple as going out for a meal and not even thinking about work, and then seeing something cool like the way that they've displayed a meal, the way they've lit something. And I take a lot of photos of random things when I'm out and about. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> we probably could give each other a run for our money with the random photos on our phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then if I see something that I think is is great, then starting to do more research into the, the ideas. Great places at the moment. There's a lot of really great tech stuff coming out of the UK at the moment. Sure. Um, especially in the entertainment industry. Um, some really exciting stuff coming out of there. And the US is always good for different ideas. Um, but they're looking a lot more sort of large scale, big venues. So right. interesting to see how they're doing. And, and then nostalgia is always a good one, especially with internet. Yeah. Things like the holy moly hole really appeal to that nostalgia. So I'll go through lists of board games I used to play as a kid. Like, could, yeah. we, could we do something with that? What's the key element of that? So something like, for example, something like a Hungry Hungry Hippos. What's the key element of that game? Because obviously yeah, we, can't sure. just, we can't just replicate it. Um, no. What could we take out of it that would be exciting? What's yeah. the bit that people would remember? What's the, the feel of nostalgia that they would get from it? Uh, and then can we turn that into something else, into a game? And then does it meet the tech? Does it meet all of the other elements? Yeah. And, and always going back to the design principle. That's really um, cool to hear your process in that. Do you, when you've made a game, say if you've, it's like inspired by Hungry Hungry Hippos, have you kind of tested that and asked someone, what does this remind you of without giving them any sort of hint? Yeah, I mean, we, we pitch all of the ideas through the sort of innovations team within Fun Lab. So there's a, yeah, sure. a, a few different people in there. Uh, so we look at like, is this, what do you see? What do you think of this? And then that's where we start looking at some of the, the negative things like, yeah, okay, that's not going to be safe or that's never going to survive. And then other people sometimes be like, oh, actually, I've seen a similar thing to that here. And then we do some research on it. We want to be inspired, but also we don't, we don't want to. No, I, so you want to work off where someone else has started, right? And, you know, keep building it, on that. Exactly. So like one of our games is based on Scrabble, but with our, our unique twist on it. So it's, it's not a Scrabble game, but then you take the key things of Scrabble, which is letters and making words. Is basically the yeah. oil scrabble <laughs> down to a tiny thing. It's yeah, using letters to make work. Uh, and then we've modified that to make it more of a fun activity for bigger groups. And it's one that's quite openly shared on social media. So hopefully it won't be spoiling it if you do go. To no. But we do it, we do it with um, large cubes that are like sort of, they look like dice, but they've got letters on yeah. each side. 
and you're using those letters to spell words rather than spelling your own choice of word, you're given a clue and you spell a word based using letter cubes. Yeah, cool. Is that one of your original games that you kind of pitched? That one's one that's been with me since the very beginning. It's probably right. one of the first ones I've got to fleshed out in my mind as to how I thought it could work. And also that one's one that I've worked at how the technology works for that as well. Yeah, cool. So you're and obviously quite involved with it all? You're sort of the joining all these groups together with the yeah, I guess so, of idea. Yeah. Like I said, there's so many people involved, but I guess I'm kind of involved in all of it as well. I know where all the sort of pieces fit. Definitely not just me involved. I mean, recently, which is a, a, a great part of um, for fun's sake as well, is that this year's winner, or sorry, last year's winner of for fun's sake, pitched an idea about how we could manage our booking flows for function. Um, so it was quite a, a technology-heavy uh, pitch. It would save venue managers two to three hours uh, a week, possibly even more, with this program that was created. So after having conversations with Kate, who was the winner for, for fun's sake, it turned out that she had a background in electrical engineering. And so oh, nice. I introduced her to Hijinx, and we had a bit of a walk around. And she's now joined the innovations team. So she was a casual, and she's now a full-time role in the innovations team looking after the electrical engineering element of hygiene. So she's on the ground, wiring it, setting it up. And that all came from for fun's sake again, this big circle happening. Wow. That's, um, yeah, that's really cool. It's cool to see the journey of opportunity and everything like that, especially Definitely. just from presenting an idea at for fun's sake and coming through. Um, who, how do you get to be one of these game testers? Is there like a role opening there just to come test all the gameplays? just send you an email we just need as many people coming through as we can um yeah yeah, when we first opened the venues it's really awesome that we the venues are so busy when we first open them you can do as much testing as you like and then somebody comes in the room and does something that you never expected to happen and suddenly can cause an issue and so yeah but uh, the other thing is also people have got ideas people often coming to oh, I've got this idea for a game or I've got an idea for a holy moly hole who should I send it to who should I talk please send those stuff through like get okay, those things good to the innovation, through to the innovation team it doesn't have to just be me and you don't have to wait for the for fun sake ideation to come around if you've got a good idea it's a good idea now we don't need to wait for a year before you pitch it yeah cool and that's uh, very encouraging I mean my journey through fun lab has all been reaching out to people and trying things and pushing things and showing that I've got ideas right from the get-go with the dropping off the puzzle box through to the creating the virtual stuff all the way through to like hiding from where I am now. Yeah, so cool. I, and I encourage people to, to do that, to put themselves out there because there is a lot of opportunity. Exciting. Um, yeah, bringing it back to being a um, mother funner, what's your kind of favorite thing or what do you love about being a mother funner? Uh, so for me, it's the definitely opportunities. As a mother funner, um, being able to move around and the fact that everyone's opinion is valid and everyone's opinion is listened to if if people weren't open to listening to new ideas and exchanging ideas and being comfortable to put themselves out there to pitch ideas things like hijinks hotel wouldn't exist so yeah that's that's probably the biggest thing that that element of the acceptance of the of everyone in the business and sort of the business ideals yeah cool you gave me prep time for this and I, still didn't <laughs> Sorry, I find it a hard one too <laughs> i would say nerdy uh, and I, I see that as a positive nerdy nerdy is a positive i think you can see it in the way that you're re- referencing obviously stuff that you've spent time on and been passionate about coming through in the games 
but definitely yeah. positive. So I would say nerdy. I would say thoughtful and creative. Yeah, definitely creative from all the conversations we've just had. <laughs> awesome. Well, I hope you don't have too much of a long day ahead of you. Uh, no, it's been great to come on. And I, I hope everyone manages to get down to a pleasant hotel yeah, at some sure. point soon. And if not, uh, fingers Hopefully crossed. Hopefully we'll be coming the... to you soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll be coming to you. And then uh, hopefully I'll be able to come back on the podcast uh, maybe next year and talk about the next new brand that we've got. Ooh, okay. Well, I'm very excited to uh, hear about that. And uh, definitely we'll love to talk about the new things that are coming through. Okay, well, you have a great day. And thank you so much for your time, Josh. Appreciate you coming on the podcast. All right, thanks. It's been great. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the You Mother Funner podcast. I hope you have enjoyed the stories and even learned something new today. If you've been enjoying the episode so far, leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. If you've got any questions, ideas, or suggestions for future episodes, please reach out to us here at podcast at bun-lab.com. Thanks for spending your listening time with us, and I hope you're able to sneak a little bit of extra fun into your week. You mother funner. Fun lab. <laughs> <laughs>